Sorry, player. Brought swords and sabers, waging wars my nature. Gannick just threw a fish to a killer like an orca trainer. If I'm short on paper, swarm on Kane just to, he's your source of paper. You're a raver. You beating me is about as likely as Spike Lee getting that mule in 40 acres. We could go another round. I'll give you extra time like poor behavior. The organ taker, co-coordinate co your fate. When I storm the gates, you can't afford to wager. I'll lock laws with a Florida gator. Who the fuck is you? Your whole crew funny style like George and Kramer. I see I'm a cannibal rapper. Northern Vortal Mega, of course I'm greater. Then this corny flake got punchlines forming craters. You're in mortal danger. Bow down, pray to your lord and savior. I ain't even wasting Gloria Gaynor, George LeMajor, Norman Bates, or Norman Mailer, Maury Schaefer, and the foreign Vega, or the real Noriega, swarming at the hornet's lair. Something wrong, bruv. You want me to get you your inhaler? Ha! Uh, you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America. Uh, that was a line, that was a line from... A lines. That, that was uh, a rhyme scheme from Canada's greatest battle rapper. Uh, I'm not arguing that. Al Bender, who, who <laughs> passed away this year, this week. I'm kind of bummed out about it. Because he was, he was probably... One of the best pens in battle rap, if not the best pen. It's pretty up there, pretty incredible. His music was good. His, was gonna, art, his art was good. Yeah. I, I was going to say, as someone who's in my car a lot, and because of how the phone works when you plug it in, the first song that comes on, because it's alphabetical, you know what I'm saying? A flight distance song is always the first song that comes on, as you know, when I start my car and everything. So it's yeah. like, oh, wow. Flight distance was his rap group. Yeah. And I'm just kind of bummed out because I thought he was he was really talented. And it's sad when people die. It's very sad when people die. You know, um, like the worst. Yeah, there's. Uh, I never met the dude. I just thought he was dope. And uh, same. He like just had this really amazing rhyme scheme that was very multifaceted and beautiful in the way. Like it was beautiful dissing. Yes. You know, so, you know, you could make the atomic bomb designer, Dr. Robert Oppenheimer, and his squad of top advisors want to side or compromise with all the Nazi occupiers and turn every Hebrew in the promised land into a Holocaust denier. That's wow. just beautiful hate. Yeah. <clears throat> That's, the views expressed by uh, Bender and those lines don't necessarily share the same views as the host of Zebras in America. Host? Why, why, do, you, why do you not love me into that? Hmm? You said host. Not I host. said hosts. Yes, I okay. did. I said plural. Well, he's just saying that that this person is so undesirable that he would make Rob, Robert Oppenheimer a Holocaust denier. He's not denying the Holocaust. Sure. He's saying this is how lame this person is. I'm well. I'm only addressing that because you know, in 2000, well, since 2016, 2017, any little trigger word can just set anyone off. So I just want to make sure. Next, thing you know, we'll get our our, our show will get canceled. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, soy babies have taken over the world. Oh, shit. <laughs> and at a certain point, it's just like, like, can't you do art? We're yeah. tr- we're trying something cool this episode. Um, we're we're going to at some point in the episode take a break for listeners to enjoy a uh, a sneak peek of of me and Saskia arguing about the film Dog Tooth, but. You know, like, like you couldn't even make that movie now. And that was like six years ago. If you made a movie, people would be like, oh my God, I'm so offended. No, you could make that movie now. I don't know. That movie was fucked up. You do have to remember, we're, we're getting now American, whereas that movie is Greek. So you can make it on Greek soil and then it eventually come to... There's way more disturbing movies that have come out since that you could make. It's it's. I get what you're saying, but it's like... I'm just saying, but you never know because it's like sexual... And there's like weird. There's a whole lot of stuff. It's like it's like an M Night Shyamalan movie, but but extra fucked up and without like the twists. That's Dog Tooth. I will not lump you up in this one, saying the views expressed by Scott. Th- no, um, yeah, no, I'm not like. Look, I get it. You're like I know all the films no. of Wim Wenders, so therefore no. I don't like any that M. Night Shyamalan no. movie. I, that's not true either. Okay. I just, that's just a, this, it's, I'm big in the, I'm, I can be pause anal about comparisons and that was just a, yeah. No, like. Uh, and there was, are twists in it though too. There are twists, but I'm saying, I think I talked about this in the interview you'll hear later. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think Sasuke's just trying to become the third zebra. But well, people have like requested. Yeah. A few have said. But you know, sometimes she can come on the show. Alright, hey. Well, this is a two person show. It is. But I I should we announce that, that our our fiftieth episode is coming soon? Let's just say that for now. And obviously at a number like that it's gonna be fun stuff. So why don't we say it's 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 literally a reunion of a podcast that was done years ago. Yeah, it's gonna be tight. Yeah. It's gonna be exciting. Yes. You saw Annihilation? I did not. I saw Annihilation. Tell me what you thought about it. I'm hearing things. Um so it was like it was like someone decided to make a cross between like Event Horizon and Stalker. Mm-hmm. But not really as good as either of those movies. Hmm. Event Horizon being like probably my favorite sci-fi horror movie of the <laughs> 90s hmm. and Stalker being my favorite movie of all time. Nice. Annihilation. Um I don't know what's that dude's name the director? Uh, Alex, Alex Garland. Garland. Yeah. I just think he's lacking something, B. Like I thought X Machina was like, all right. Mhm. I do too. I mean, I, I thought, think you already know that. Yeah, it was like it was like Call Me By Your Name, but with robots. Kinda. Yeah. I do like that Sufjan Stevens song from Call Me By Your Name, though. It's cool. It's so pretty. It's I just, like soothing stuff, so plucky guitars. He's His music sounds like he likes to get cuddled. He likes to be the little spoon. <laughs> He's got yeah. that little spoon music sort of thing going. Sure, fair enough. Uh and I just, I like Chicago, that song Chicago he did was real nice, like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That shit was in uh, a bunch of movies. That shit was like the independent movie Anthem. What song was that? I'm not knowing. I yet. went to Chicago. Oh, I don't know. Win a van with my friends. I like to get cuddled. Be the little spoon. All right. All, all the right. time. All right. Oh, speaking of little spoons, uh, nah, forget it. Uh, I got, I got me a little spoon. No, I'm, I was, oh. I was, yeah. Well, I am. You're the little spoon. No, I said I got one. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got a little spoon too. I know. And I'm, I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about bunny fingers. When I put that, no, I don't know. When I put that deuce behind your head, I don't know. That's. Oh, hell yeah. Be- I ain't talking about these bunny fingers when I put this deuce behind your head. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, big no, T. No, no. That's big T. No, no. I ain't when I'm pulling up a peace sign behind your so, oh. Oh, I ain't talking about bunny fingers when I put this peace sign behind your head. That's what it is. That's peace what it behind is. your head. Peace behind your head, yeah. Yes, uh T Big T actually had a great clash with Bender. Yeah, yeah, they had a great battle. The, yeah, they the, did. The, <coughs> Big dude, big dudes that can rap, man. Yeah. What? I was gonna say something not nice. You should say it. Big T's one of those guys who like, he doesn't have diabetes and it makes me jealous. It's like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> goddammit. But uh, yeah. that's fucked up. It is. But hey, I'm the one with it, so you know it's okay. Okay. My vision's good. I got uh, tested. I like the they, you can't look and they like prick the bottom of your feet and it's like I felt it. I'm good, so everything's good. At my last checkup a couple of weeks ago. That's great. Yeah, so we're good. But yeah, sorry, Big T. Yeah. I wouldn't say that to your face. I don't know. I don't know how many battle fans listen to this podcast. That's all right. Um, you know, some of them can be very sensitive. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Uh, have you seen any good movies lately? Good movies lately. You know, honestly, no, I've been watching Westworld. It's back? No, 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 I've been getting caught up to watch season two. It's weird, because, like, they don't, they don't, like, enough explain that Westworld is a sequel to Baby Boy. <laughs> well, that's what season two is for. It's, yeah, no, see, yeah, because it's like Westworld, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Tyrese is going to be up in season two. I hope not. Tessa Thompson, though. I was gonna... Tessa Thompson. Yeah, too. she showed up. So I'm I'm only on episode six, and she showed. I was very happy to to see her. I I love her. She's so talented. She's a great actress. She's super pretty. She's in yeah. like all the movies. She's in Sorry to Bother You, which I can't wait to see. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you find it interesting that in Creed that you're into oh, wrestling? No, well, no, everyone knows. Uh, no, it's just if you ever say interesting, I'm always gonna say interesting. Interesting. 
all the actors I'm in Creed are in the Marvel Universe. Oh, that's true. That's so it, weird. Oh, I was even about to Sly. say except for Sly, but no. wait, no. Guardians yeah. too. Sly, Sly was Sly had a nice little thing. Yeah. Haws. It was and a Tango and Cash reunion. It really was, literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, do you think Sly Stallone ever watched Harry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Henry Portrait? Uh, no, Harry Portrait of a Serial Killer, the uh, sequel. Oh, no. No, I'm joking. Um, the sequel is called Henry 2. Yeah, maybe. Secret of the Ooze. <coughs> do you know that? I don't know where we're going. You asked me a question and we went, so I, I, I don't know. What was the question? Do you think Sly Stone ever watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Possibly. That's, that's Possibly. the first question. Possibly. Um, <clears throat> she was she was good in Annihilation. Was she? Oh, yeah, she was, she was yeah. in Annihilation. Yeah. Um, the girl from The Virgin, Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin, yeah. She was in it. Yep. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee played a sociopathic psychiatrist. Oh. She wasn't a bad guy or nothing. The oh, thing okay. is, I mean, I'm sorry. There's not really like a bad guy, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's just like, all right. I don't know. I was, I'm planning to do a, a, a whole, might happen this weekend You're planning now. to do a whole? Uh, we're going to do, uh, I want to do a double feature of, um, Either Annihilation and Game Night or Annihilation and Wrinkle in Time. <clears throat> so, this weekend, this weekend, by the next time we record, I will have seen a, a couple of new movies. But, uh, yeah, right now, yeah, it's just been about Westworld. You're, so you're, you're going to see Wrinkle in Time? Yes. I feel like you're going to cry a lot. Okay. I, I had no opinion on seen it. it. I ain't seen it, just like, it's a lot about, it's a lot about dad stuff. Oh, God damn it. It's like, you never read Wrinkle in Time when you were a kid? I, I, I have not. Yeah. It's about this girl finding her lost dad. Yeah. And, and Oprah plays Storm. Okay. Well, the last parent parental and, and, scene... And Medusa's in it. Yeah, I know. The last parental scene that I saw... That Wait, she's actually in it? Huh? She, Medusa's actually in a Wrinkle yeah. in Time? Yes. I was joking. Yeah, I'm just going along. I knew you. I'm just going along with it. I uh, Phantom she Thread... Made, she uh, made a movie about Medusa. Who did? Ava DuVernay. She did? Yeah. This oh. is the life. Oh, the good... Oh, oh, well, it's not just about Medusa, but yeah. I always forget she made that. I, I forgot. That was her first movie. No, what I was saying was, to, to your point, is Phantom Thread, which is okay, sorry, my friend Rob, but the one scene did mess me up. I, it's Yeah, parent scenes... Like, I haven't watched Tree of Life or Uncle Boon Me in quite some time. Just for obvious reasons, so now I'm worried. The thing is, Wrinkle in Time's like fluffy, so I might be able to get past it, or at least it looks colorful nah, and, I and fluffy. I cried just watching the trailer, dog. <clears throat> really? Oh, yeah. oh, man. But I'm softer than you when it comes to that shit. Okay, finish that up. Um, Alright, we got to, right, I have to relax, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a really, this is a really uh, loaded episode. Um, It is. No, I want to know more about uh, about Annihilation. Um, I don't really got too much else to say about it. <clears throat> well, there's a thing I noticed in the marketing and the trailer and the poster, like the whole team, it's all women. I don't, I thought, I felt like they didn't really market that so well. It's Oh, to me it was like so they, obvious. They should have pushed it more. Oh, it felt super, super obvious to me. O- Oscar, Oshkosh Begaizik, Oscar Isaac was there. Yeah. But he seemed like it felt like he was out of commission for a lot of the movie. This is all from the trailer. There's no spoilers. It's just what uh, <clears throat> you know. Bro, I don't watch trailers, so I don't know. Oh, that's true. I'm a big trailer guy. I ruin movies for myself sometimes. I mean, I ruin movies for myself by by not watching enough. I haven't really been watching a lot of movies right now. Mm-hmm. Cause like we watched so many movies starting this podcast that I just had to like take <laughs> a little break. Yeah. You know, uh, read books again. Read some good books. Figure out, figure out some shit. I read a couple of your books that you get. You you let me Norwegian Wood. Yeah, that's a great book. Have you seen yeah. the movie? Nope. Uh, that that that's my next plan. Okay, let me know. Maybe we'll talk about it. Cool. It's a very excellent book. Yeah, no, it is. I, I really liked it. Did you cry? No. Really? No, but I cried. I cried. Oh, I know you're not a sociopath, Marcus. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like 
for a while, that was like the white dude calling card to pick up girls at bars. It was like, I really like Haruki Murakami, mm-hmm. and I'm still friends with my mommy. And why don't you check out my salami? That was that was <laughs> that was the pickup line for a long time. Paraphrased. Okay. And then it became like oh, like, like American Spirits and Infinite Jest. Mm-hmm. Like, have you have you read Infinite Jest? That I kind of believe the whole the Infinite Jest thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, and what else? People just like, oh, I really like Arcade Fire. Yeah, they definitely do. People like Arcade Fire. People just like like Arcade Fire to a point where I'm just like, I get it. They're fine. But you're you're bugging, boo. I feel like are <laughs> Eugene like oh just tripping boo. I feel like employees at Mac stores are like Arcade Fire's number one fans. There's something about I, I don't know fully know why. You know, I know why. I wanted to get my phone fixed at a Mac store once, and the guy tried to... Sh- I was asking him a question, and he made a point to show me that he had all the Arcade Fire albums on his phone to, like, show something. And I was like, I didn't ask that. Like, the cop and boys in the hood, whoa, we didn't ask that. Yeah, also, like, you're like, bro, I got I got Eric Sermon's Cousins album on my iPod. Don't <laughs> talk to me about deep cuts. Yeah. Steve Albini's ex-wife's harp album is on my shit. Nice. Cassette only. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, man. I just, like, I want to watch so many movies, and then I get so excited, and I queue up everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I'm, and then I'm like, ah, oh, it's panic attack time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because it's just, like, so much. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm in the same, <clears throat> I'm in the same realm. It's weird you saying that kind of triggered something. It's weird because I haven't been watching movies, but I've been doing a lot of movie stuff. Explain. So two weeks ago, I presented at a Kevin Geeks Out show, which is centered around movies. Uh, next week, and, and I, now I'm prepping for another Kevin Geeks Out show next week, and that's movie-related as well. Um, my little spoon works in the movie biz. Um, I'm always updating my site, which is a movie site. So it's like, I'm, it's just weird to be surrounded by movies and movie things, but then like to not go, you know, I guess, oh, I saw We Are Not Cats. Was that? I saw that last week. There was, it was like a film festival and, um, uh, at the Cinema Village East. Cinema Village of East? Is yes. it a bread store? Yes. Cool. Yes. It, it's a it's a it's an interesting movie. It's about this guy who he lives with his parents and like out of nowhere his parents are like, hey, we're selling the house and we're moving to Florida. You have to be out in four days. It's literally that 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 abrupt. And then he moves upstate. He meets this woman who's addicted to eating hair, and it goes too far. And then he has to save her and help her. And then weird things happen. But it ta- the the movie does take put the majority of the movie takes place in upstate New York, which is a part of this world that I love very very much. Upstate so, New York world. Uh, yes, like like not not super upstate, but like oh. H- Hudson Valley. Don't. All right, all right, all right. Oh, it won't turn off. Shit. Oh well, it is what it is. Um, what? Yeah. I'm saying ha- I'm happy for you. No, I know, I know. You were, you were really sad for a while. Yeah. I was. For very, why are you looking at Psych on your phone? Yeah, I don't know a single person that watches that show. No, I'm trying to look at what I've watched recently. Psych? No. Oh. Psych, I lied! <laughs> Have you seen The Homesman? No. That looks good. Who's in it? Uh, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones and Hilary Swank. Oh, that movie. No, yeah, but man. I know what it is. You know what it is? <laughs> you know what it is, guys? <clears throat> no, I never watched Psych. Okay. You ever? Oh uh, man, I never seen Psych, man. No, I saw. I don't watch that. Okay. Oh, I have. I have something to ask you since things are still trending and whatnot. We're still early. Do you have any Oscar thoughts? What's the Oscar? The Academy Award. It's the Golden Statue. The Academy English, Award for English-speaking films. Um. Nah. I just want to say I am happy. That the more I think about Get Out, the more I like it as a movie. Not the hype surrounding it, not people on either side. So I'm happy that um, Jordan Peele won an Oscar. And what warmed my heart... But he won a bullshit. He won the bullshit No, he did not. No, he did not. He should have won Best Picture. 
you fine, but then also to want original screenplay. No, it's ill. That's super. That's Ill. super ill. And, I'm not trying to take I'm, away from his thing. I, I'm also put the, put the phone a little. And closer. I'm big on. Um, there's nowhere to. I'm also big on friendship. So there's that image floating around of Keegan Michael Key watching the Oscars, and right when Jordan Peele won, he's like celebrating and going. And he, it wasn't like a public. Like he didn't know a camera was on him. So that's like awesome. You know, it's like friendship. Also, the the person who created and ran Tower Records. Yes. He died drinking whiskey watching, While the, watching Oscars. the Oscars. Yeah. 90, he was 92 years old. Good for him. God bless. Man. I owe you like $100 for stealing imported CDs from your store. I'm poor. Oh, man. You bring... I used to go with my dad to get... That was like the first double I got. Like, what's an imported CD? You got extra songs. For my dad to be as like device illiterate as he was he yeah. was the earliest literally the earliest when we first got aol first got internet in the house he was the first person i remember who like got on message boards and i'd be going to like tower record whenever we visit new york and like i go to the post office with him and he'd be sending off cds to like people he was like doing cd and song trading with people all across the country because he'd go on these like aol jazz music like experimental jazz forums make buddies and they would exchange music thought that was really, that was like 94 95 so i mean that was yeah really cool. i mean uh internet forums really kept tape trading alive yeah because you know tape trading was mostly kept alive by jam bands and jazz concerts yeah because people who had like who were just really in there actually is quite an interlink obviously from like Winton marsalis playing on a couple dead records but like there is an interlink between people who like jam music and people who like improvisational jazz and mm-hmm. and people who like live concerts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there were these sites that used that stemmed from like like uh, forums used to exist like on paper of people that would that would trade cassettes of concerts. Yeah, I my I used to I used to my friend used to like he he would catch me shit because like Miles Davis stuff. Miles Davis fusion stuff is even from the seventies is even better live than it is on record, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, uh, he did a weird cover of "Time After Time" by Celine Dion. Did he? Yeah, he did. It was oh, beautiful. Obviously. So wait, Celine Dion was popping pre nineteen ninety, like yeah, pre-89? "Time After Time" came out in the eighties. Yeah, but "Time After Time" though, when I think of that, I don't think of Celine Dion. I think of I the... meant um. You know who I mean. Oh, well, that, oh, that threw me, I thought you were, say, like, because Celine Dion's been singing since she was a kid. I thought maybe there was, like, a no, hit she had I'm, before she I'm got a, crazy I'm famous. I'm a huge fan of Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. But I Cindy Lauper, who is it? Cindy Lauper. Yeah, Cindy Lauper, yeah. Cindy Lauper, I'm a bigger fan of Cindy Lauper than I am of Celine Dion. Queens represent by the album when she drops it. Seriously. I know. Um, I actually didn't know. I just recently found out, so I like to be like, she's from Queens. And like also, I knew. also, she her dad was Captain Lou Albino <laughs> in a music video. Okay, yes. Not in real life. In real life, she really got hit by Roddy Piper at, at, at a WrestleMania. That's And funny. he felt really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good he felt, he felt bad. bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rest in peace, Roddy Piper. Seriously. And Lou Albino shit. That's true. Uh, do you remember in the 90s? There was like this TV show where um, it was like a one-time TV show where like they were trying to debunk things and then they had like people doing lie detector tests <coughs> and Lou Albino did a lie detector test being asked if wrestling was fake. No. And he was like, no. And he, and he failed. <laughs> Shit, that's embarrassing. I mean, but that's a, that, that's a loaded question. Because, they have to ask it a different way. Because wrestling isn't fake not everything that happens is real yeah ask but. um mr braun Strowman. so a couple weeks ago uh, a, a quick viral moment uh brock lesnar stiffed braun Strowman for real because braun Strowman got crazy and need brock lesnar in the face and brock lesnar was supposed to be like oh you're beating me up so brock lesnar got need in the face and just quickly shifted stood right the fuck up and punched him twice and concussed Braun Strowman, and then you can hear on the unedited version, not on pay-per-view, with with the delay, Braun, uh, Brock Lesnar goes, slow the fuck down! It was a, <laughs> I saw that at a bar, and everybody was like, oh shit, was that supposed, I think that was real. And it was, turns out, yeah, it turns out it was. Well, I, th- I don't think Brock Lesnar takes enough duties, so he's just really upset all the time. Brock Lesnar, and, and when you look at his life, 
I know should is one of those weird words, but it's like he should be the happiest man ever. He's 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 like totally taking an entire company for all their money. He succeeded in three combat sports, amateur wrestling, pro wrestling, MMA. He's got a lovely wife. Um lots of money, tons of land. He almost became a professional football, but like when you look on paper it's like just about everything he does, he he's great at, but he's just very angry and you know. Because he has Crohn's disease, he doesn't take enough duties. Oh, jeez. It's true. Yeah. What? I'm not saying anything mean. No, I know. When I don't take enough duties, I'm mean too. Oh. It's important. It is. Regularity. This show is not going to become a podcast about regularity, so sh- kill that noise right now. What's your favorite movie from 1984? 1984. Yeah. Oh, what a... F- oh. Is this intentional? No. That's one of my favorite movie years. No. I can't answer that. So answer like five. <laughs> okay. I don't want to buy fruit snacks. <laughs> Fucking 84 was an amazing year because... Best sci-fi film from 1984. Element... No, I'm going to answer you for... So I think The Element of Crime is my favorite, but... Which is What's barely, The Element of Crime? It's Lars von Trier's... Uh, it's the Danish director's feature film debut. I never saw that one. Yeah, but to answer your earlier question, because I like, I'll try, I'll be quick. But '84 was Paris, Texas, Stranger Than Paradise, Boy Meets Girl. As I just said, the element of crime. That um, uh, what 18. what what Werner Herzog movie? I, I I don't know that movie, but no, yeah, '84. I love '84. '84 is a great year for film. Okay, yeah. I was just I was just throwing out a year. No, because I like I mentioned I did a thing on my site and I've tweeted the, like just a lot in the past about how how much I like 19, 1984. That was also uh, a very important year. Ah, let, let's not get into it. But what? I, I answered, huh? Very important year for what? Just it was like this new era of like art house film. It was like you had Jim. Why Jarmish. would you stop saying that stuff? It's great stuff. Oh yeah, sure. So that was also the year where like um, because so Vim Vendors is like a vessel. He's connected a lot of people. So Claire Denis, Jim Jarmusch, John Lurie, Ro- uh, Ro- Ro- Robbie Mueller. He's kind of... The vendors is like the... Huh? He connected Doug. What's up, Doug? Doug, what's up? He definitely connected Doug. <laughs> Doug and Vim Vendors go way back. Way back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> way back. This was... Back. This was like an important year for Claire Denis also. Because in this, in this time, Claire Denis and her ongoing to this day cinematographer Agnes Goddard worked on Paris, Texas, uh, which is Vin Vendors' film. Then at Cannes, they'd make some connections, and then uh, Claire Denis, in two years later, would go on to work as an assistant on Down by Law, which is Jim Jarmusch's third film. Uh, so there's just a lot of cool connections that that that, uh, that 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 year. And Claire Denis' very close friend, Leos Karash, made his feature film debut with Boy Meets Girl. Uh, and, you know, Leo Karash would go on to, I guess this point holy motors is what people would know him best for it's a very but, good you know. movie yeah and also it's funny that boy meets girl boy meets girl would be would be remade as a show with Corey savage and topanga yes with the great pro wrestler vader making a cameo appearance oh no it's boy meets girl isn't it no boy no. meets boy meets world i said boy meets girl it's boy meets world but just, whatever we it, get it in a 90s kind of world I'm glad I got my girls. When do you think, with the success of Girls Trip and all this stuff, it's when do you think that's going to be? It's when only a matter of time. The question is whether, for people who don't know, we're talking about living single. What? Fox, Thursday nights, Martin living single back to back? People know what's up. No, the people are racist and also people that's are true. under the age of 20 sometimes. That's true. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Like, like, I was once at a party and I was just like, you know, G.I. Joe. And they're like, what? And I was like, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. Fuck you, I'm leaving. I had a similar. Someone said these, like, we got talking to music, and they go, someone said to me, my friend Adam, he's a very young guy, he goes, you should listen to LP's music. And it's like, you knowing me already, it's like, who the fuck do you think you are? This is pre-run the jewels, and I was like, so I go, who are you talking, Company Flow is my favorite group ever. And he goes, who the hell's Company Flow? I said LP. And then I was just like, you know what, Adam, fuck off. Yeah, that's right, Adam. We like you, Adam, but that was a bullshit move. Telling some you when you talk to people, you better know your shit. First, the Everybody. assumption you should. How do you know I don't? And then to not know what the man first. That's got what I'm saying. For. I don't like it when people tell me I should do anything. Yeah. If you tell me I should do something, it's a very good chance I won't. 
Even if like, you should eat three pieces of pizza, a shotgun, some Dr. Pepper, eat some salt and pepper chips, and then smoke some dust. And I'm going to be like, what? No. When people say shotgunning drinks, I don't know, it makes me laugh. When people say shotgunning drinks. Shotgunning Dr. Pepper is so much fun, bro. <laughs> Dude, dude, me and my friends used to do crazy shit. We would uh, we would shotgun sparks, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is like Red Bull meets malt liquor. Yeah. Or, or or we would sometimes we did this thing where we'd shotgun a Red Bull and then do shots of tequila. Wow. And then shoot bows and arrows. Yeah, you make see, me and my cousin Andrew. We used to take the amount of tea powder that would go into a very large jug and put it into a cup. <laughs> we put it into a single cup. You don't want to know the joke I'm about to make. Huh? <laughs> we put it into a single cup, drink it, and then it was like the sweetest shit ever. And then when I was 18, I went to the doctors and they're like, Marcus, you're a type 2 diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's true. (laughs) It's all true. It's funny because it's true. It's it's, it's, it's also (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Because it's true. Shout out to Andrew, my cousin. My cousin's about to bring me a cigarette. What? I don't know. Oh. My cousin, I have a cousin. That's cool. Yeah. I got lots of cousins. Why is that? Because I have lots of uncles, and my dad has siblings. My mom has a lot of siblings, so I got cousins. I'm only I'm I'm actually shout out to Mrs. Pin. Yeah, shout out to to Paulette Pin. We're I'm I I I mean I'm I'm close with some of my cut, but I'm like super close with just like one cousin. My cousin Nicole, who made me the godfather of her uh, firstborn son Nick, who just turned. Uh, Six months old, uh, not too long ago. He's, he's up, the Nick? man. Sup, Nick? He's the man, Nicholas. Nick. Yeah. What's up, Nicholas? Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> Why was that funny? <laughs> because of the joke in my head. Oh, okay. Come on, knock on our door. Why do I have three's company stuck in my head? I don't know. Oh, did you ever watch that movie with Robert Downey Jr. where he was like cheating on his girlfriend? Hmm. Two Girlfriends, I think it was called. No. Oh, no, it was called Kiss Me Guido. No. No, Kiss Me Guido was not about that. That was a different movie. I don't even know. Oh, no. No, it was like, it was Robert Downey Jr. And Roller Girl. And someone else. Who's Roller Girl? Oh, Heather Grant. Oh! Isn't that a James Tobach movie? It might be. Yeah. Oh, we're, oh, we're, not, we're not watching his movies anymore. No. It turned out he's... It's, it's he's fine. Really... We don't need to. He's 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 only made a few good ones. So... Fingers. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Which, uh... Gotta say, controversial take, especially to someone we're gonna see shortly, I think the beat that my heart skips is better. Everyone knows that. No, they actually... No, 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 they don't. Really? But a, a nice handful of, of, pe- of pe- people do. That's another one where I tried and I stopped. Like, the intro, if you want to talk about passed away, specifically father-son relationships, the opening scene in the Beat My Heart Skips, I tried to, I forgot about that scene. I remember being like, I I, I want to watch this movie because I like it. And the opening scene was just, oh, well, eject. So you're watching on cassette? No, I was watching on my laptop. DVD. Eject, oh. Yeah. Sometimes I like to slap VHS cassettes with uh, tape. Here we go. And smack people. Yes. Uh, I prefer using... just taking a whole VCR and beating the shit out of people. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. That's But you're into wrestling. And then wishing bad I'm things on them. Yeah, no, uh, like, I, what I do is I take flash dance on one hand yeah. and Rocky on the other and just start smacking people. Yeah. Um, Talk about continuity. She's going to have to pay a pretty penny. Because, like, VHS, I used to work at a video store, so, like... <laughs> When a tape is destroyed, it's like a hundred dollar fee, like per thing, it's like true. if something's we're, lost. Because also you have to pay more money for VHS copies when you go to video store. Yes, we were talking about too. the film Dogtooth. Yeah, for Raul people. That... Lanthimos's first movie. No, his second movie actually. His second movie. I recently watched it with Saskia, mm-hmm. um, and now listen to her, her and I opinions about it. Hi, 
Marcus. You like movies? No, I'm not replacing Marcus. You can never replace Marcus. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. We need to talk about what we witnessed last night. I don't think it's healthy for us to sit through what we sat through and not talk about it and just go on with life. You know? You're talking about when I ate 17 bananas? Yeah. Or what else? What are, no, are we talking about no. when we saw the movie Dogtooth? Yeah, okay, so basically... Yorgos Lanthimos movie from 2009? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's the situation. Yeah. You pick almost every single movie that we watch. And it turns out okay a lot of the time. This time I had a friend over, so I felt like, you know... After what we witnessed, it was extra, like, <laughs> oh, this is what Scott's into? No, just kidding. Oh, God. Um, no, but, oh. okay, so basically, for those who are listening, we got a film struck app through my ex-roommate's ex-boyfriend, and um, true. we're, like, scrolling. I got vetoed on... My Kazan choice because it was black and white. We go and it had to be color, so we picked Dogtooth, which I had heard a lot about. Like, this movie's famous. A lot of people have sat through this. Yeah, a lot of people like this movie. I was not crazy about it. I'm not like upset at the movie. I'm just like more surprised that this is like what's digestible now. Yeah, because there's violence craziness there's incestual in- relationships i was gonna you we usually say spoiler alert but yeah there's incestual relations oh spoiler alert nor and like kind of normalized incestual relations except for one character who's like not about it and that's the catalyst to her uh escaping yeah oh really i think so yeah the sister that's so uh for those who haven't seen this movie it's weird that you're listening to this but it's you know Greek film about this guy guy him and his wife have his children locked inside their compound and have created rules for them to think that they can't leave the world and say that they can only leave the house once once someone loses a dog tooth (laughs) yeah but then so they have a they have someone come over once a week to have sex with the son and then she gives one of the daughters a rocky movie in exchange for oral sex and then she get they because they stop using the prostitute the woman to have sex the father just normally has the son have sex with one of the daughters and then after that one of the daughters loses her mind knocks out her own tooth with a with a weight and then runs away and then the movie's basically over i think i think I think the she was okay with this world that their parents instilled them in up until that point, and and people's normalized of them doing that would maybe is what is interesting about the movie. Okay, it's interesting because I took a different like understanding of the film. Like I didn't think that the um, sexual relationships were like the central moving like catalyst for the characters even though it played a really big part in the movie um like I don't think I think that was just part of the world I don't think it was like the I don't know yeah I mean Lanthimos's films often take up this space where you have to accept the worlds that he creates like we watched the lobster where literally people are turned into animals if they can't find mates and people just accept it and so his films occupy a strange space but then you're like wait this film is is really showing like manipulation and abuse and really horrifying stuff and you're not expecting it and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is a really strange movie and my fiance and her friend that was invited over to think I'm a weirdo for suggesting we watch this movie. No, we don't. 
where I just thought, I was like, oh, I've been, people said Dogtooth was great. Yeah, no, I remember that too. People say Irreversible was great too. I'm just like, oh, what did I get into? It's intense. So you, you were, you were saying that like the, that it's, there's a psychological thing that's going on more so than, than the sexual abuse. I feel like the tactics and the and the the different games and the activities and the rule books that like the characters are living in and they're they're just they're they're kind of like the um almost like a MacGuffin type thing where it's like it doesn't really matter kind of like what it is specifically that they do um as much as it's just like anything to drive home the point that this is this like dystopic um way of like growing up yeah and like evolving into adulthood and evolving into a sexual creature yeah i think it's interesting because as a viewer i felt like i was really pushed to be uncomfortable and it's funny how, like, there are certain things that I'm willing to be pushed to be uncomfortable about that right. I kind of like. Where it's like, for example, like, as a white-skinned person, when I'm feeling uncomfortable about my race, sometimes I feel like, by art, you know, I sometimes I feel, like, thankful for that experience. And this was a situation where I felt like I was being pushed to be uncomfortable in my sexuality with and, and thinking about my family like you had no choice but to think about like you know sex with the sibling or sex with your father when watching this film and it's weird to like be like pushed into that space and like be like well this is kind of what art is supposed to do in a sense but like I hate this so much yeah Lanthimos actually has this weird relationship with incestual shit in his films there's a there's a scene which is like one of the funniest scenes in The Killing of a Sacred Deer where Colin Farrell talks about jerking his dad off while he's asleep and you're like why is this so I think it's a space that he wants to talk to and I think now that you bring give me some ideas to think about I think it does like talk about this sort of like you don't you don't know like is the film dystopic is it happening in this world like is 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 there a reason that these people are trying to be protective of their children in an incredibly unhealthy psychologically and sexually abusive way or is it just like the regular world and you're never really given that much of a glimpse of what the world is outside of it this does happen in the real world well yeah what yeah. i was going to say is like it also reminds me of like like a lot like this if this movie was made in america it, you could just say oh it's about the mormons oh it's about the nuwabians or oh it's about the the seven the the david koresh people you know there's plenty of cults where sex and and manipulation of what the outside world is is but i think because as you were saying it's you're you're get confused because the cinematography is like weird close-up stuff is cut off there's you, you the point of view is interesting there's manipulation of a fake brother beyond the fence that they feed stuff to so you so your mind is manipulated into this world and then all of a sudden it goes completely off the rails and you're like oh what the fuck yeah, um, I also noticed, I don't know if you picked up on this, like, there was a motif of, like, leather. Huh. Um, I noticed that, like, there were a lot of shots where, um, like, it would be sharp focus on, like, a piece of leather furniture and soft focus on the character or something like that. I and never I, thought of it. I never noticed yeah, that. I don't know. I was just like, hmm. Um... <laughs> But we also watched the new version of Queer Eye yesterday, which is excellent. And there, there, there was this character who might have been a leather daddy. So maybe we were just thinking about that. <laughs> That's possible. I'm happy we have both um, of these kind of like Greek queer <laughs> things happening, where sometimes it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's really lovely. Yeah, Queer Eye is lovely. Dog Tooth is like, I don't, I don't know about this one. Yeah, because I feel like like. This also could have just, this could have, I was talking yesterday after we watched a movie, that it was almost like, it was almost like an M. Night Shyamalan movie without the weird twist, you know, he had this one movie where they're all in a village and it, you're made to think that's the 1700s, spoiler alert, it's not the 1700s, 
but what if that movie also involved like forced like we never think about how manipulate how manipulative parents and family can be in sci-fi films or any type of films because we're given the sci-fi or fantasy thing when it's stripped of it and it's just like very real you're like oh shit there's so much manipulation and power dynamics and all types of stuff going on in film that you're not even thinking about because of monsters not instead of like the actual monsters being regular people yeah it's also just interesting how much our mind just naturally wants to continue on the path of like authority and understanding that we're used to you know it's like we want like we pull on we'll take anything to just be like okay this makes sense like this is what i'm used to and like the same thing with like movies right we like we want it to follow like the same pattern that we 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 understand movies to take yeah and so we're just like okay like why are you like ah don't fuck with my head you know yeah after the violence against the cat scene i was pretty much ready to to stop watching the movie which i do maybe twice a year stop watching the movie but i'm glad that we persevered yeah i think it's also funny how like i didn't see the latest aronofsky um movie but like where the, the they're supposed to all be like god and it's like some giant allegory mother yeah i didn't see it so but it was kind of like that where it was like when mother came out everyone was like straight up this is what it's supposed to mean like just so you know this character represents this and this character represents you know and that's, whatever that's and it's just such bullshit i mean aronofsky did say that oh like well, he came out and i said don't it. think people i don't think directors should do that though i, I do think aronofsky is culturally important in manhattan beach represent but we're not. I don't think you should tell people what things are supposed to be unless it's already said. Yeah, I don't let, know. Let people interpret the art and have their own relationships with it. That's it's just, just funny because I, I want now. I kind of want to see Mother and compare it to Dog Two. Okay, as long as you recommend it, because I feel like I'm. I don't want to recommend movies we watch for like a while, except for this movie, The Pillow Book, that I want us to watch because I think it looks lovely. Lord. All okay, right. let's go make some focaccia. Sounds good. Bye. What do you think about those opinions? I think they were great. I thought they were, yeah they were cool too. Yeah, um, yeah it was just it was just weird because the film the film is about like this this abusive family that that are you know just have all these rules for their kids that and they do really weird shit. And they murder a cat, which is yeah. popular in movies. Yeah. They just love murdering cats in movies. And I don't even like cats. I'm like, stop murdering cats in movies, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now you remind Yeah, Shape of Water, which... Best Picture winner. Man, dudes are doing so bad that people are fucking fish now. Oh, right. Who else said that? I don't know. Someone famous was like, oh, can we get a movie maybe where a woman falls in love with just like a... Nice, awesome, down-to-earth, like, attractive guy. Which does happen, but I think they, they were just taking shots at, at, at the shape, at Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his Guillermo del Toro. And, uh, and also the movie Say Anything. Why Say Anything? That was, like, the last movie about a good dude. No way. No way. Say word. Anything? No way. The 80s? What are you talking no about? No way. That's a great movie. It is, but it's not the last movie about a great dude. They get to, out. They used he to, was a great guy. They used to call out. me Lloyd Dobler. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I had the moves. I was nice. Nice. It's like, hey. That's what I did. It's like, I'm a kickboxer. Okay. I can kick. Just like John Cusack. Just John, looks like Johnny, Johnny QQ. What's he doing right now, you think? He's doing. He's he's on a lot of like uh, DTV, like direct to video, <clears throat> direct to streaming stuff. Yeah, I saw like a bunch of movies he was in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Him and his friend, uh, his good friend Nicholas Cage. They used to take karate lessons together. No, they did. Seriously? Yeah, not not like when they were kids. Like when they were adults, like they got into martial arts and stuff. Yeah, they they're, they're really close friends, and they they would do karate together. Do you want to get some dumplings? No. Maybe. Maybe. I take that back. I take that back. 
I ate. I shoveled some food down my mouth. I kind of want. I want to save up for some popcorn, like a big bowl of po all to myself, um, that I don't want to share. But um, I might get a dumpling or two. Have you seen Tan Popo? Yes, I have. That I like that. I like the movie so much. Yes. I even like the lackluster remake, sort of re quasi remake, with Brittany Murphy called Ramen Girl. Rest in peace. That's crazy you just said that. The Ramen Girl came up at trivia last week. Are you serious? I'm, no, I'm dead serious. We don't talk about movie trivia. I, that's why show. I paused, but you can't you can't say a random some random shit like that. That's and not the random. fact that it this came is, up a week is, ago. This is Hebrews in America. It, random, exactly. Yeah, we do random shit. Like when people talk about our podcast, like, oh, that movie podcast where you sometimes talk about movies. Yes. Um, Look, as long as Carly's listening, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I hope... Jacob, too, I'm sorry. And Javier. I don't want to slight. I don't want to slight an, an and any and Snafu. Yes, and Snafu. And Doug. And oh, definitely and, Doug. And, and cool guy Ted. Who? My friend. He's cool. Oh. His name's Ted. Okay. This is the podcast sometimes. Joshua. He listens to the podcast sometimes. Nice. He's a cool dude. Nice. I've, we've talked about him before on the show, mm -hmm. and and actually one night he told me that he listens to our show and it gives him comfort because oh, that's good. Of, because of our the way that we talk about our life. Without too much metaphor. No, we definitely yeah, we definitely did also, that today. He's gonna like this episode. That's also because I'm broke, so I only use meta fives. Dude, I had to pay six hundred dollars to get the brakes on my car fixed a few days ago, and then I came out and there was a boot on my mom's car a few days before that because my dad had tickets going back to like 2011 that somehow just came up now. So it was like a nine hundred dollar thing. So I had to help with that. So I'm definitely broke. Yo, Venmo Marcus some money so we can buy some dumplings. Good night. You got a shark butt on your abdomen, that's self-inflicted. All your idols live in hell, you rubbing elbows with them. You got a Hellenistic vision of the hell you live in. Is this real or television? You can't tell the difference. Wishing on the middle finger of the monkey paw. You want some diamond rings to shimmer on that rusted cloth. That's not a monarch that's inside you. That's a fucking moth. That moth is wearing death's head. It leads your stomach raw. You see some kind of revolution that you masterminded. With plans to televise and sell up time for advertisements. You treat delusions like your children in the way they're nurtured. If you had children, you would set them loose to rape and murder. Playing chicken with the angel of your self-destruction. Felt this coming since they snipped you off the belly button. I guess the jokes on you was looking like you raised the phoenix. I guess the jokes on me too. There ain't no space between us.